0: Joining me as always, Nathan Bartleball. Nathan, what's going on, man?
1: Hey, not too much. We are in February. Uh and the year's already melting away again. It's already started again. Uh I know. So far so good. Seems like see, of course, I thought things were so far so good last year, too. Um (laughs) you know, we've had we've had some upheaval, but I'm I'm hopeful that we're hopefully, you know, on a road out of a lot of that. And uh Seems like everyone's working towards getting everybody back in school and we've got vaccines going and stuff like that. So I'm hopeful. And then things are going well here. How about you?
0: Yeah, things are good. Um, you know, you and I were just talking. Got uh, I started uh, at a new job shortly before Christmas break and was, uh, you know, into the throes of the three weeks before exams trying to get the students uh, trying myself to get caught up with where the students were and then trying to get my students caught up with things. So finally finished that section of the midterms and now moving into, okay, this is now officially my class. I'm teaching this material to them. So, you know, better understanding of uh, their knowledge base and, and where to go from here. So I'm really excited about that. Um, you know you mentioned uh you mentioned you know things uh hopeful for the year but we're we're still not quite out of it we're still in a season where you know there we're really not going out and doing a whole lot um, might go out to eat every once in a while, but really you know the main the main thing at least in our house uh, is still the watching of stuff. Um, and you know, for better or worse, uh, that's really where our main source of entertainment is, is coming from. And so, uh, Nathan, you and I are going to take some time here and just, uh, it's been a while since we've podcasted, um, just talk about some of the things that we've been watching. There's been, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff <laughs> that's come out. And so, Uh, We're just going to take some time here and talk about some of that stuff. Um, But, uh, you know, you and I were just talking. We've got an extended weekend here because of President's Day. Uh, Do you have any fun plans coming up?
1: Well, we have, yeah, we've got some stuff going on for Valentine's Day uh, with the kids and with us. I've also, I tried to mastermind a plan where one of these nights it's like, okay, guys, you can have a picnic in your room and we'll set up, you know, you can camp out and... We'll get you pizza and send you upstairs. And mom and I are gonna have dinner downstairs. And 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 my son, my daughter's all about it initially. My son, you know, he's a little harder to convince. He's immediately like, "Wait, you want us?" You don't want us to eat at the table like people. This is coming from the kid who I regularly find food crammed down in the edges of his bed and the edges of the couch. Uh, You know, we have to constantly ask him to sit back at the table. Why are you wearing roller skates while you're eating your food? And now suddenly he cares about eating at the table with everybody. This isn't in his best orphan voice, right? You want me to eat in my room? No flowers in the attic. I don't. I just want you to. So, when we were able to sell it a little bit more, as like, hey, this is a fun hangout thing, you know, and then when he was like, wait, you say soda, video games, and pizza? Okay, never mind. Right, right. I I just had, you know, he actually said something like, Dad, I'm really sorry you can't have any uh, alone time with mom, but that's just how I feel. And I was like, okay, well, you just sealed your fate with that. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but all is all is good everybody's on board now maybe uh if this episode goes up this weekend maybe we could also throw out our thoughts on what make good uh you know good date movies so yeah. our concept of date movies or romantic movies might be very different from <laughs> right. someone else uh, I'm, I'm gonna recommend dead alive for everybody so. <laughs> but um but oh, yeah, man. yeah. So yeah, it's the same thing like you're saying. I think – and yes, when I say things are looking up, it's just simply that I don't – it's it's the moment where you're not falling closer. You know, It's that moment in Star Wars where the trash compactor sides have stopped moving in right. on them. Right, right. They're, they're not out of it yet. They just <laughs> – the walls have stopped moving. So yes. hopefully, maybe that's where we are. Right. Uh, I'm trying to be as positive as I can. Right. But I do think that we are well into uh, – in terms of you're talking about – People watching things at home and movies. I mean, theaters are still not back. Back. Um, yeah. I walked by the theater. They took the kids ice skating just recently. We walked by the the AMC over here, and it's just like I know it's open, but even if I went in to see something, I've watched all the movies that are showing because most of them are available via home too. You know. Yeah. But we're definitely in a different kind of world now, and a world that I don't think the lid is going to go back on where. You know, in a month, we're all going to be able to watch King Kong versus Godzilla at home, you know, the minute it releases. Uh, That's pretty cool. Disney was already on this path. But, you know, things like WandaVision, they they had a trailer. It's funny, the Super Bowl trailers now are for TV shows, you know. yes. Um, Back in the day, you used to watch it to see what movies are coming Mm -hmm. out. And the handful of movies are like, yeah, who cares? But the trailer for, you know, Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier looked I mean, and and it doesn't look like a TV show. Doesn't look like Agents of Shield. Doesn't even look like The Flash, which is made uh, leaps and bounds in terms of special effects stuff. It looks like a Marvel movie. You know, the yes. budget looks the same as a Marvel movie. Things like that. My kids have gotten into reading Percy Jackson. We were reading about how Disney's pouring more money into the new Percy Jackson TV show that they're making than Star Wars or or uh, Marvel. So, I mean, we're in a very different place with things. We can. Uh, the Sundance Film Festival happened two weeks ago. Uh, I, there was a couple of times when I was a critic. I got a pass and was invited to come, but I you know it was in Salt Lake City, and uh, it couldn't take off from the job at the time. And now I was able to attend and watch about 10 movies because guess what? I could do it from from right here. Right. So right. that has changed a lot, and it's opened up a lot of options. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm excited to talk about some of the things we've been watching. Maybe less so about others, but it'll still be fun to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: as always, as always. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, and I agree with you, um, completely. I mean, the reality is, uh, you know, Maryland is moving through rather quickly in, um, it's, it's tiers of vaccinations and making sure, you know, that those who want them, um, are available to get them. And, you know, I know that, um, as teachers, Joy and I, we were able to get, um, priority into getting uh, shots, so uh, you know. Joy and I had a discussion. She ended up getting the shot. I ended up not, not for um, you know, not for political reasons or not uh, for being an anti-vaxxer or anything like that. Um, you know, we just had a we just had a talk, and um, a lot of it just kind of boiled down, in my opinion, to the benefits of it. And right now, there aren't going to be any. Um, short-term benefits to getting it. And, and so my thinking is, well, if, if there does become more benefits to getting the vaccination, then, um, you know, in, by the time that happens, it'll be more available and I'll just be able to go in and get it. So I won't have to worry about, um, you know, all the, all the stuff ahead of time. But, um, you know, she's gotten it and she's set to get her second round this week actually, or next week I should say. And so, you know, that's, that's definitely in play and in motion. Um, not just here in Maryland, but around the nation and even around the world. So when you
1: say benefits, uh, when you say you didn't see the benefits or like, what do you mean? So specifically,
0: So we still, you still have to follow the quarantine and isolation procedures at school if you come in contact with someone, um, who, who has COVID. Like you're, you know, it's not like, oh, you've got the vaccination. And so, you know, you can still come in and teach because you have the vaccination. It's, well, you got the vaccination, but you came in contact. We really don't know enough about the vaccination and what it does. And so we still need you to stay home and quarantine for the, for the 14 days. So,
1: oh, okay, I wasn't sure if you were talking about they were waiting for them to give away a free DVD or no, something. No, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't trying to figure out. I was like, outside of not getting COVID, what benefits are we discussing?
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. The benefits are are you know just kind of like you know we're we're still you know we'd still be required to wear a mask. We'd still need to quarantine for the fourteen days if we if we became exposed to someone who had it. You know, all all of the procedures of um, that, that we've been following thus far are still in enforce. And so for me, I'm just, I'm looking at it and I'm like, eh, I, I really, um, I hate lines anyway. And, uh, so for me to go and wait in line, I'm just like,
1: nah. you sound like me. It's like, eh, I'll take COVID. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, and again, it's just, uh, if down the road, you know, my, my administrator, comes to us and he says okay so if you've had the vaccine you don't need to wear your mask and you don't need to quarantine anymore and all of those things then i'll be like okay yeah i'll go i'll go get it you know um but until until that comes i'm just like eh if i get it i get it if i don't i don't it's fine so
1: yeah we'll get it my wife uh, is uh, working with the school so she'll she's on tap to get it i am not this point out no one will go back i will get it when it is available Mm -hmm. but um but at least it's in progress it is we're very different place than yeah
0: yeah yeah very different place than we were um you know i mean even even you know two two months ago um so no it's it'll be good and and like you said i think we'll start to see things opening up again and you know, restrictions will start to be lifted and, you know, I think we'll start to see people out and about it's, it's kind of hard to tell, to be honest with you, because, you know, normally our Maryland winters are fairly mild and we've actually, we've gotten a decent amount of snow so far. There's actually, more than we have.
1: Cause last year yeah. we literally got none.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so this year I think, you know, we're up to over a foot of total accumulation of snow. Um, and so, you know, I'm looking out the window here and I see the snow still on the ground. We're expected to get some flurries today, today and tomorrow. And so, you know, I think, uh, I, I think that's contributed to people not really being out and around as well. You know, winter tends to shut people in a little more. So, um, you know, hopefully as we enter into the spring season, uh, we'll start to see a very different scene um, than you know this kind of post-apocalyptic thing we've been seeing over the past year. Or so, um. yeah. But uh, on to uh, on to movies and things like that that we've been watching. Uh, Nathan, you and I have not talked about Wandavision once, um, and so I want to I want to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, episode six dropped yesterday. I had had an opportunity to see that. I know you said you got caught up. So let's talk a bit about uh, WandaVision. Um, And I want to go back to what were your initial thoughts uh, through the trailers and stuff leading up to the release? Was this something you were looking forward to? Or uh, was this something that you were like, eh, I'll I'll, I'll see what happens with it? What, What were your initial thoughts before it even released and dropped?
1: Um. Well, honestly, I was interested in it because, A, it did look different, right? The the trailers I had seen really only seemed to focus on the I Love Lucy sort of style. You know, they're in a 1950s sort of sitcom world. Yeah. And uh, you see the Wanda and Vision are there despite, you know, again, I think we have to talk a little bit of the spoilers of the Marvel Universe to be able to even talk about WandaVision. It's kind of show that they're – it, it's not really like a one-off. It's building something sort of you know, cumulatively, and it seems like it's doing stuff to affect the Marvel Universe. So all I would say is um, we'll try to keep the spoilers low initially, but it'll be hard to uh, – we'll probably have to stop and issue some kind of spoiler warning just talk about a couple of things that happened. Yeah. But what I'm referring to are things that have happened in the previous Marvel movies. So if you haven't seen the Avengers films uh, and, and the previous Marvel movies – I am going to mention things that happened there because they play immediately into what's happening in Wanda Vision. Vision. Uh, spoilers commence. Obviously, Vision is technically dead or was technically dead up until we see him in the show. So I was curious about how they were going to do that, how they were going to spin it. And the fact that they were that, – that we're talking about half-hour episodes and that, that those trailers had a very light kind of tone to them, I'm thinking – well, we didn't leave these characters in a light place, you know. so what's going on? I will say that if you are a comic book reader and a more recent comic book reader, then um, you probably might have already had an idea based on some of the storylines that have been playing out in the comics in regards to The Scarlet Witch, to Wanda Maximoff. So uh, long story short, I thought it looked interesting, and you and I have talked many times about how I'm always wanting to see Marvel kind of mix it up a little bit and just make a movie... That's of a slightly different uh, subgenre than their every single uh, superhero movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't really like the recent. I know it wasn't MCU, but a lot of people didn't really like the recent New Mutants movie. And when I finally got around to seeing it, I didn't think it was that bad. I kind of enjoyed that they tried to go a different route. In that case, they tried to do almost like a Breakfast Club meets horror, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, did I think it was great? No, but I do think that taking more. Shots like that, taking more uh, attempts to kind of mix up the subgenres does work. When they went and made Ant-Man more of a comedy, you know, um, that's that sort of thing. So with WandaVision, I know some people were initially maybe put off by the first episode, the first couple episodes, because comparatively to Marvel stories, after an hour of anything, we've seen at least five or six things blow up. And... There certainly wasn't any of that. My initial feelings were, oh, this is more like the Truman Show or Pleasantville or something like that. And I'll, I'll get your reactions first before I continue. But I was honestly pleasantly surprised because while I agree that nothing maybe deeply exciting happened in the first two episodes, it did sort of set up the idea that this is actually, there's an interesting idea here. There's, I, I picked up some of the comic book references they were making about where the storyline might go I thought that they were doing it in a very unique way and it was just different
0: yeah I um you know the fir- for me the first um two or three episodes I actually wasn't very um interested in it wasn't I, I think until the fourth episode that that it got me going and not because um I I I wasn't sure of it. It's. It's. I was sure of where they were going with it, and I wanted them to get there. <laughs> um, I think for me that was part of it. 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 The first one was kind of like, oh, this this is fun, and the second one was like, okay, I'm I'm getting done with this, and then by the time they got to the end of the third one, that's where um, I said, okay, I think I think it's going to get better, in my opinion, next week, um, and and it did. it it got to where I wanted it to go, um, where I, where I knew it was going to go. Um, for me, I was just rather, uh, disappointed with it, um, in the beginning. And, um, I remember, you know, talking with different people about it and them asking me, and I just, I remember thinking like back to the Mandalorian and how good that first episode was, and thinking, you know, it just, it set the tone right away for the show. And and I just felt like this was a little weaker comparatively. Um, I, I felt a little disappointed, like I said, just in terms of, um, you know, the the pacing and all of that. And so by the time... Uh, you know, but, but I knew where it was going to go. And so I stuck with it and, and really have been enjoying it since, like I said, since about the fourth episode. Um, but that, that was just my thoughts on it. And, uh, I was really excited for it when it was, uh, when I, when I was seeing the trailers for it. And again, it was one of those things where I I kind of knew where they were going to end up heading to a certain extent. Um, and the things that they were going to do. But uh, seeing the trailers, I, I, I felt like, okay, they're, they're trying to throw it off and play up this aspect a little more, um, but they ended up, in my opinion, just taking a little too long with it um, to get there. But now I do believe it is uh, fantastic, and I've, I've been enjoying seeing how this world is unfolding and how they're bringing all of these elements together um, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's anything of a huge spoiler, uh, to say that this is in some way supposed to tie into the new Dr. Strange movie that will be coming out. And so I'm, I'm very fascinated and interested to see what's going to happen with that and, and what they're going to do with that. So, yeah, those, those were just some of my initial thoughts on it, but since it's really gotten going, um, I've, I've, you know. Uh the, the new episode dropped yesterday. Joy and I were home and I was like, let's let's put it in, let's put it in. I want to see what's gonna happen. So um I've really enjoyed it um since, like I said, since about the fourth episode. So
1: Yeah, it's funny. My kids are basically since the Mandalorian stopped like when the Mandalorian every you know Friday it wasn't oh it's the weekend, it's like new Mandalorian today. And then, you know, we went from there and we were watching when the Mandalorian had ended they were watching uh the dark materials over on on max and then we were like okay knowing that ended wandavision started up so now it's like right. this that's what friday is it's, so um well a couple things yeah i will say this i do agree that at the end of the first two episodes i wasn't feeling the um uh, like the frustration or the let's get it moving. I, I did feel that at the end of the third episode, I agree with you. I do think that they maybe took again, these are only half hour episodes, but I do think they may, because they wouldn't have taken this much time had it been a movie. Yeah. And I'm not sure, you know, except to sort of just linger in the world, which is a fine thing to do. Like a comic book would do this, uh, to linger in the world, another episode for 30 minutes and kind of build the atmosphere. They could do that. But, uh, There's a kind of, and and I see kind of why they did, but I think that the character they introduced in the third episode, uh, could have been moved to the second episode, you know, yeah. because I do think that they maybe went just one episode too long before revealing what to me and to everybody was most likely at least a very obvious end game, um, so I do think that, with, like, this is the minor spoilers, but it's hard to even set up the the show without talking the minor spoilers. And I think right. that may be what you're getting at, Nathan, is the minute this this show starts, we it, it opens like a 1950 sitcom, down to the commercials, down to the opening, yeah, down to the lines, the canned laughter, and we all know, watching this, that that's not what's really going on. I mean, you'd you'd have to be silly to think that Disney decided to make a. On 50 sitcom with just you know Vision and Wanda there, and it's very clear you know two or three minutes in that that's not what's happening. Uh, The obvious thing is we get a we we've watched enough comic book movies, even if you're not familiar with some of the storylines that inspired us, you know that there's artificial reality things going on or something to that effect, right? We know that someone's messing with reality. We know this isn't just a cute way to present the, the show. And so you're right the we we get this slow reveal of this as if we are watching something like the Truman show where that information might not be immediate or the matrix you know where uh we, like we slowly realize it's not the real world those uh those movies revealed what was going on in such a way that you maybe didn't know but here we know right up front you know we've seen enough of these kind of things so to kind of string it along as the characters slowly become aware you do get a little uh anx- anxious not not anxiety anxious but you are right. ready for them to kind of pick it up like okay let's let's get to that reveal let's get to that moment where you peel it back and but uh it's and so again just for the setup of anyone who's listening and maybe doesn't know we do have the scarlet witch and vision who were kind of forming a a strong kind of romantic bond in the avenger stories until thanos and the infinity war sort of intervened and we left uh vision who uh he's a composite of a couple different things Uh, one of them is the infinity stone that was lodged in his head was torn out by thanos uh he originally uh paul bettany's voice has been in the has been in the show or been in the marvel universe since the very beginning of what we think of as the mcu that began with iron man because he was the voice of jarvis from that very first movie so it's weird because he seems relative like he, he came in rather late, but in reality, Betany's been there since the beginning, or the beginning of you know uh Stark and all of that. Yeah. So then he was a composite of both Jarvis and you know the, the traits of the Infinity Stone. And so which is a little bit of a different take than the vision from the comic books, uh, who kind of had a human base baseline and everything. But uh and then Wanda you know as the scarlet witch it seems clear that they that she's more aware of what's happening than vision is you know yes vision seems mostly you know he'll go to work and people make canned comments and then suddenly someone will have what approaches in a mental breakdown you know yes and uh this keeps happening throughout the episodes and the the neighbors of uh, uh you know katherine hans character who uh agnes she doesn't even have a last name <laughs> you know she'll come right. in and it's you're never really sure what her agenda is you you get the feeling that she's more aware than some of the others and you don't know particularly early on is she initiating this we have a scene where a character crawls up out of the sewer and there's bees swarming around you know and then people are on you know you get on the internet and you're trying to text to figure out oh, a marvel character has bees right uh although we do see an insignia that when I saw it, I recognized it, and I don't want to get too much into what that is. But I was like, okay, there's something we can kind of work with. So even by the end of the two episodes, we have the we have another group. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D., it's right. not HYDRA, but a third group. And uh, that moment, you're like, okay, I see where they're going, but when will they get there? And then you have them in this reality. One of the things I do enjoy about the episodes is that every episode so far – and this might have been why they bothered to throw a third episode in there, is every episode so far represents a different decade of TV. Right. And in and in, in representing a different decade of TV, every episode represents a different decade of of the world, you know? And so – We have that world of the 50s in the very first episode, and you get the laugh track, and it really feels like an I Love Lucy or Honeymooners or something like that kind of show. Uh, And then you have that one disturbing scene, though, where the boss starts to kind of, like, convulse and shake and fall on the ground. And so it's kind of twofold because it feels like I Love Lucy, and then it feels like that episode of The Twilight Zone where that little boy has everyone trapped in the farmhouse. Right. You know, I think it's called It's a Good Life. And then that's the first thought that, okay, maybe there's something like this is going on. Is there one mind who's sort of controlling all of this? And is that, and then, you know, future episodes are asking the question is that one mind Wanda? And she doesn't even seem to be really sure. And of course, then you've got kind of the Brady Bunch uh, and, and, and things like that. And you get to the 70s. And then we get to, I think, where you're saying the show kind of picks up uh when it kind of finally says okay we can't string people along any longer yeah Uh, and i think one of the problems is in this this first three episodes we aren't really getting any wanda Wanda and vision are so sort of um disconnected they're 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 out of their element and they don't really know exactly what's going on and so they're running through the tropes of the shows so you know they're the they're the the couple that sleep in separate beds in the first few episodes and then by the Brady Bunch one, you know, they're, they're making all G-Shuck's comments about, you know, things and stuff like that. But the, but they aren't interacting a lot, you know, I don't think. And that's yeah. part of the problem. It's not like in lieu of moving the story forward, we're watching Wanda and Vision have character development because we don't really get that either. Not in those early episodes, they're just running through the motion. So I agree. There's not a lot of, uh, it, it, it kind of sets the world up and it just kind of plays on that note for, for a couple episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and again, like in saying all this, it does, um, it, it's not that it's, it's, it's not that what they're doing is bad. It's just particularly if you know where it's supposed to go and what's supposed to happen. And, um, you know, things that are going to unfold. Uh, it, it does again, like you said, by that third episode, you're just, okay, what are you, you know, where are you going with this? Where are you going with this?
1: Although one could argue that there is a, obviously now there's a very very, uh, specific feeling of being trapped, you know? And so those first few episodes lingering in that world and seeing the disconcerting nature of it certainly, I think helps you feel sort of trapped alongside the characters. You know, right you're really ready for and then I, I think that has been intentional so let's um i think we'd have to move to the spoilers i would say to really talk about episodes four and five or yeah. four five and six, six. right is that yeah. where we are now. It's, yeah we're on uh, that's the problem now. when they're half hour episodes i know even though we have to watch them singularly when i go back to think about them it really is that's one thing i want to do mention about the difference you mentioned mandalorian how mandalorian was like like hot the minute it dropped in terms of like the, the quality i think there's a the difference here is that i don't know what you think and i'd be surprised if it it like wanda vision doesn't seem like it's been designed to be an ongoing tv series or if it is is will it will not be the same tv series it is right now next season if that yes makes
0: sense. yeah yeah no i i agree with you i think whereas
1: mandalorian yeah. felt like it was trying to start a franchise like restart a franchise really you know to start this is going to be the Disney uh, – Star Wars on TV, right? And yes. so it was going to be this ongoing thing. We had to feel enough investment to be with this guy on adventures that are pretty, like, um, episodic.
2: Right. And
1: the difference with WandaVision – and I think what's cool is when we get the fourth episode, you realize that this is less about trying to establish Wanda and Vision as a, like – as a kind of a mainstay of the Marvel universe, not that they won't be around, but I'm less convinced that, like, at least so far, that this is really about giving them their own show we're going to watch for seven seasons, as it is to find a way to kind of align and grandfather in all of the other pieces of the MCU that Marvel uh, has finally gotten their hands on again. But how do we do this without making it you up know, with COVID and everything being what it is? How do we? how do we align all these pieces so we can use them without making another five standalone movies?
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think that is a good point um, to bring up is that I, I agree. I don't know uh, if we, if we do get another season of this, I, I don't, and you're right. I don't know that we would. Um, this could just be, as you're saying, something that is, you know, bridging the gap and, you know, Agents of Shield tried to do this in in a couple of their episodes, with particularly more early on in the MCU universe, where they would bring in these characters from the cinema, and they tried to bridge through some of this stuff. Um, particularly uh, back when Winter Soldier came out, I remember Agents of yeah. Shield. You know, they would they would be playing an episode of. The TV series, and then they would cut to parts of the movie so that they could try to show you in parallel what was going on and so um, I think if this is going to be more their pattern let's let's use this to set up our next staging of movies where you're right let's not let's not plan on seven seasons, but let's plan on one season that's going to bridge this gap. And then we'll see where it goes from there. I think that, it, that that would be a better approach if that's what they're indeed doing.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this is when we talk in a few minutes about this, it's going to I think it's going to be a case where this is the quirky, like quirky kind of offbeat thing that maybe is intended to get the people that are more like me. Although I do enjoy comic book heroes and stuff, who maybe want more of that weird sci fi kind of quirky element who don't really care about seeing superheroes punch each other you know that's one way to maybe draw them into the marvel universe a little bit because you have to wonder it's funny a friend of mine had posted says yeah but my kids don't know anything about 50s television so i have to constantly explain to them what's happening you know so it's like who is this for why i still haven't completely figured out why that's happening you know in terms of both from a creative perspective and from a I mean, Wanda, if she is who she is, is, she's old. Is she old enough to really be that immersed? I mean, I you know, I guess we are, you know, same thing. But I'm curious why that's happening. Whether that is integral uh, to the storyline or not. Why you know, it, yeah. And, which makes me wonder. We do, do know that someone is. I guess again, this is where spoilers go in. We know now that this is a bubble, in a sense, a psychic bubble or some sort of bubble that is over this particular town and that it is in our reality in a sense in that there's a space where this town was yes and a, and and theoretically still is but then uh what i love uh about this is now we're trying to figure out well who is controlling it and all signs point to wanda but i think we all kind of uh and and certainly there is a, a marvel comic storyline called house of m that came out in like 2005 i don't know if you're familiar with it but it revolves around Wanda creating a reality, too, because she is kind of having an emotional breakdown in that storyline. It's because of the loss of children, not the loss of her significant other, her husband in this case. Right. Um, I don't think she and Wanda are – she and Vision are married in the in – the, but she has configured him as her husband in all of these uh, these episodes that we've seen, you know, yeah. if, if she's going one do the configuring. But I do have to wonder whether or not this is entirely Wanda, you know. Um, right. And, I think, we and get,
0: yeah, I think we get some hints of that as well, that, you know, what's going on here? because He's not
1: entirely sure. We, yeah. we get the feeling that if it is her, she's almost got a little bit, not of a dark phoenix, but she's got this element where her grief or whatever it is may be configuring this. But there does seem to be, as the episodes go forward, the possible suggestion that maybe somebody else Externally, which would be a great way to bring in another villain, and there's yes. a couple immediately spring to mind that they've not introduced before uh, that could be doing this, and that may explain more why there's a TV flourish. You know, there yes. might be something in that character's psyche that that explains why we're marching them from the 50s through through now. You know, and it yep. gets more fun spotting the references to the shows as it, as the episodes go because. For those of us, like I didn't grow up, I saw lots of the 50s and 60s and 70s television because they were still airing them pretty regularly, you know, right uh, on television. before Nick and Knight and stuff like that, they would be on the regular TV pretty much during the day. So, but when you get to like the fourth episode, is it the fourth or the fifth? It's the fifth episode where it looks like Full House and like it's yeah. like a mix of Full House and is it like uh, Family Ties? Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of like yeah. perfectly merged because Jen says, I was like, this is Full House. And she's like, no, it's Family Ties. And we're like, well, look. There's the family ties part. There's the full house where they're running through the yard with the right. overhead camera zipping in. I was like, and then the twins. And yeah. you know, suddenly they now have kids, and these kids are growing exponentially yeah. like through the episode. But a couple of things I wanted to discuss there is what I do like is when you get like it's kind of nice that you have these three episodes because you're it builds a standard for thinking, okay, this is what the show is. And then the fourth episode comes in and kind of peels that back immediately. Because we the first thing the end of the third episode we see a person literally chucked outside and we realize there's a bubble we realize that this isn't an alternate reality Vision and Wanda aren't laying on a bed somewhere strapped up to wires this is this is an anomaly happening in the in the Marvel universe and then for that fourth episode to start with uh, a thing I didn't consider which is what does it look like when people come back from the blip
0: right yeah
1: As Spider Man coined it we never saw that you know it, it dawned on me. Only in that moment, we never saw what it would look like for all of those people to return at once. And no kidding, it's complete chaos.
0: Right, right.
1: You're in a hospital and suddenly people who haven't been around five years start popping in. And that was a great way to suddenly remind you, no, this is Marvel. This is still the Marvel universe. This is still the Marvel show. There's still the Marvel characters that you love. And then with no surprise, in a few minutes, we're bringing in some side characters, which that's. That's what I really like and if WandaVision continues I'd almost want WandaVision to be more like you know there were always those comic titles when you were a kid uh and Marvel had several and sometimes be like strange tales or something like that yep. where you would get to see some of your favorite side characters who didn't have their own comic uh or or weren't that popular like Cloak and Dagger and people like that they would get to come in and you know uh, rub shoulders with the other superheroes but in like one-off stories you know yes when some yes. of these characters even get characters like ghost rider when they were less popular they would or more beast of vampire they would be able to pop into these little side stories and so it was always a comic where that could happen and wandavision if it goes forward i'd almost think it would be cool if wandavision was that kind of show you know not a show where wanda and vision are strictly the main deal all the time but like a repository almost like uh where where characters can pop in for for one off or one season little storyline, and it's a way to kind of keep filtering the Marvel universe through, so you keep thinking about these people, you know, yeah, uh, in a way that the movies can't do. So in here we get the um, uh, the random park character from um, Ant Man, you know, yeah, uh, the agent that was uh, always kind of uh, track, tracking him down, who was always making sure he was still in house arrest, yep, and. He's a lot of fun. And then we also bring back um, – oh, what's her name? Uh, Darcy. From, um, Dar- Darcy. I was thinking – I was trying to think of her of the actress' name. though. Uh, Kat Dennings. Uh, thank you, Kat Dennings. Uh, and they, So they bring her in, and you're, it, it helps you remember, hey, Aunt man and Thor is still out there. But then at the same time, it gives these characters a little more agency than they had – no pun intended – than they had before. <laughs> now they're a part of S.W.O.R.D. here in a sense, uh, yep. not – not directly, but they get to be a part of this story, and you see them. They aren't like just the. Cat uh, Denning still sort of is just the like snarky comic relief, but right, right. I kind of like I like what they're doing with uh, Parks Agent though because he is really like he, he particularly as we're getting into these episodes, he started to come into his own a little bit. You know, yes. he isn't just the guy that Ant Man has to like. Uh, make a make a mockery of right. he's getting to be his own hero in the story in a sense not yes. the main character but and so that's i think what i really am liking about the WandaVision. division is you've got the now they should have introduced sooner the the parallel of this is what's happening inside the, the the structured universe and this is what's happening outside in the in the world so what did you think about that episode, episode? yeah
0: no i like oh, i said i really i thought I thought that's when things really started coming together. Like that fourth episode, by the end of the third, you you knew that that's where they were going to take it. Um, because of the events that happened. And so the fourth is where they really start exploring. Okay. What's, what's going on? What are, what are the, you know, what are the factors that are contributing to all this? And so you start to see this, this parallel journey of what's going on inside, um, the, the, the TV series and all that, what's, you know, Wanda's head, whatever, whatever's going on, which we really still don't know. As you said, Nathan, we really don't know fully everything that's going on. Uh, we know that Wanda is to an extent aware of these events, but we don't know to to what extent she's aware. Uh, we know that she can control certain things, but we don't know to what extent she can control certain things. Um, we, we got a a preview Um, in this past week that some of the characters that are actually involved in this world with her um, are doing her bidding to a certain extent so she's not exactly controlling everything there are others who are doing things for her Um, and so we saw some of that and so you know we still haven't seen fully what's going on but but that fourth episode really started to show us the parallel of Oh, the you know the the agents are watching this as we're watching it. You know, we go through these first three episodes um, thinking that they're going to stumble upon it, but they really they stumble upon it, which we find out in the fourth ep- episode um, live. And so, you know, they they plug in and tune into it as it happens, um, and that was something that was that was kind of fascinating to see. Um, and, and watch, you know, what everybody outside of this thing is doing. Um, so yeah, I did. That's really when I started enjoying, okay, what, what are all these things? Uh, you know, what, what, what's going on with all these things? And then, you know, I think it was, I think it was episode five where Wanda becomes aware that she is being probed and monitored, um, in, you know, people are observing her and, uh, she kind of makes an entrance into the world, which was, which was dynamite. I mean, you see her in her anger and grief and, you know, there's a reference made again to, you know, she could have taken out Thanos on her own if he hadn't, you know, rained down that attack. Um, so, you know, I think all of these things, like you said, they're, they're, incorporating the world and the universe into them and this is where I, I think they're doing um as good of a job as the mandalorian is that they're not forgetting their history they're not forgetting their background uh, right,
1: both in the in the cinematic marvel universe and in the comic book marvel universe
0: exactly
1: that's what's important is if you were a comic book fan and you've read House of M and some of these other stories. Um, and let's talk about another character we did mention because we've been kind of focused on the ones we already knew. I mean, there aren't really a lot of brand-new characters because the people inside the world, as you pointed out, there's almost a Star Trek or, or, or Twilight Zone kind of thing going on where these people are slaves or puppets. even. Yeah. Though. And, and there even the last episode, a kind of, kind of poignant thing where Vision walks to the edges of the world – with it seemed to be the least realized in sense of that everything close to Wanda seems to have its own agency and can think, and like you said, they ask her sometimes, well, what was my line? Or did I do this right? Or do you want me to change something? You know, there's a lot of agency and detail fleshed out with the people who are close to them. But then when vision, uh, it it will probably talk a little bit more than a minute. When vision gets, he, he takes a walk on Halloween night. And as he gets to the edges of the town those people have far less definition, meaning but they're still real people like it It becomes clear that everything whoever's doing this overriding is overriding it on real people, and so you've got people standing at the edge of their House where, like, it, like imagine a video game where the guy in the background, all I'm supposed to do is move his pumpkin from one right, one side right. of the porch to the other. This guy is doing that consistently and has been doing that for as many weeks as this has been going on. Yeah, uh, and they're they're crying; they can't get out. And you have a lady who's trying to pin something to like a ghost, and she's locked, frozen in that moment. And I yeah. suspect it's because the background characters don't need so much detail. So whoever's doing this hasn't bothered to make them anything else than pins pins uh you know pin into ghost or whatever right. and or moves pumpkin and so that was kind of terrifying to see. I think that was maybe the creepiest moment of the show so far when you realize that to the edge of town, uh what happens when you're a player in a TV show, that's all well and good if you're one of the stars or the supporting cast. But what if you're trapped in a TV show and all you do, all you do is walk from – you're the mailman and you walk from one right. side to the next? Um, these people don't even have that. So I thought that was interesting and creepy. But Monica Rambeau, who's kind of the new – I would say the, the probably the new character that we're supposed to pay the most attention to. Yes. Uh, and she's not even new because we met her once before, just not like this. And she's yeah. played by Tia Paris. She is uh, – she shows up in the third episode as kind of mystery woman and then we find out who she is uh her mom passes while she's in the blip because she's blipped away mm-hmm. and there was an interesting reference when someone said to her i think in the newest episode says you know what um you, people who who were gone for 5 years had it kind of easy you have no idea what it was like in that span of time both to be an agent of, of one of these big uh power groups that are, are trying to you know keep things running and you know half of everybody's gone you know right and but she, when she comes back, she's missed her mother's death because five five years have gone, you know. Yes. Uh, it, it, she was with her uh, mother in the hospital. She thought everything was fine. It was fine. But then, you know, guess what? Cancer came back in the five years in which she was gone. But she was in Captain Marvel. She was just a little girl in Captain Marvel. She was – because Carol Danvers' friend in the Mar- in Captain Marvel film, Rambeau, she her daughter that had a – you know, would run back and forth kind of in a few scenes there and talk to them when – they were kind of on the run, like this is her growing up. So, yeah, I and in in the comic books again, possible spoiler, but in the comics she eventually becomes a character known as Spectrum, yeah, uh, like a, a superhero, and she actually, uh, Spectrum is kind of in the comic book world the second Captain Marvel, yeah. So, uh, she she's I guess she you know probably in the same way in which the the cinematic universe has sort of suggested that falcon is kind of taking the mantle of captain america but not really you know he's right right
0: well and one the other thing that i found interesting is is we're we're understanding uh a little bit of the world that these people came back into like you said we actually saw them materialize but this is the episode two where in that state same statement um you know, one of these head guys kind of reveals that the superheroes aren't beloved and trusted anymore like they once were. That the blip seems to have done something where they've lost their faith and confidence in him because he makes this kind of snarky, off-the-cuff reference of, you know, well, I know your good friend's Captain Marvel and blah, blah, But, like, you seem to get this feeling that, um, you know, the the world has changed and and superheroes are... At fault, um, at least from this one person's perspective.
1: Well, and you—you've had that kind of all the way through, like even 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 after the first Avengers, even when all they had was the Battle of New York. You remember that we were constantly watching the fallout, and then what happened in Sokovia. Uh, and, and we should—yeah, I realize we're already at nine o'clock. <laughs> we're already like right. well into this, and we were still thinking of Wanda, but. So we kind of wrap that up. But I think we've seen that's constantly been a theme with even with like uh, with William Hurt's uh, Thunderbolt Ross yeah, character, yep. you know, uh, and, and the, all the events of Civil War. Everything has happened with Wanda and Vision, you know. So it, it, it that's probably only deepened here where, you know, uh, there's people out there probably saying, look, we were right at the same time. I think people like Ross and others understand now that without these people, all we have are things that are worse. Yeah. You know we have a Thanos, we have these things. I think some of those guys that were early on skeptical aren't because this is kind of the devil we know
0: right, yeah, yeah. and
1: so but now you've got this second tier of people. This is the people coming in behind uh shield and mm-hmm. others coming in behind and saying, "Oh, you know, we're still not convinced you know we have there's always going to be that government contingent let's so the thing is, Fox, you know, Fox is now sort of they they were holding on to a lot of titles for a while that <laughs> Marvel never could get a hold of, right? Yes. And yes. so that's why I think WandaVision seems to be the most important. Because honestly, a lot of these things I saw coming, or I was like, oh, that makes sense. There was something happened at the end of the fifth episode I truly didn't see coming at all. Like I like when it happened now, and and actually it was kind of uh, interesting because I had I had just like – it was so tired because usually the end of Fridays when we watch it. So I'm like usually exhausted. And like we sat down and I had like nodded off for just a second. And I opened my eyes just in time to see her answer the door. Yeah. And she answers the door. And she's been making references to her brother, Peter, who is, who is Quicksilver. Yep. And of course we know that in the MCU universe when they introduce these two, that, that Scarlet Witch and and Quicksilver are mutants. They're yes. also the Children of Magneto comic book wise yep. they didn't do that in this in the avengers or at least they didn't mention it in the mcu because they couldn't they, couldn't, they didn't have right, the right yeah. to, to use those things and of course at the same time fox is like well we're gonna go ahead and make you know they they did days of future past which introduced a an alternate quicksilver yeah who is the son of magneto and who recognizes that fact and uh and honestly speaking i liked him better right right uh, mostly because they you know they took the time to establish his speed they did something closer to like what you would see in like the flash where the world slows down for him and you know the perspectives were better not that aaron taylor johnson was bad and it's funny there was a kick-ass reference in last night's episode and both evan peters who plays uh the quicksilver in the fox series and the the x-men series and and uh Aaron Taylor Johnson, they were both in Kick-Ass together, so <laughs> I think one even pauses and says Kick-Ass out loud. And I'm yeah. Right. <laughs> he kind of repeats it. I was like, yeah, we got it, guys. Thanks. <laughs> um, but, but Evan Peters answers the door. So the other Quicksilver answers the door from the Fox universe, so people are sitting there wondering, how are they going to fold the X-Men in? Not that this is folding the X-Men in, but why does he look like that? Right. And 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 then Cat Dennings literally says, wait, she recast, she recast him. Yeah. <laughs> she recast him. And so no coincidence. Plus, I Evan Peters, who's getting a little bit older now than the last time we saw him, he's he's developing a kind of a Kevin Bacon feel. Did you get that?
0: Um, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah, definitely. No, his
1: yeah, his portrayal of it.
0: Was and not just the way he great. looks,
1: but like – and and because – on again, Friday night, so I spend at least half these episodes with my eyes closed, <laughs> trying to fall asleep. Yeah. Hearing his voice, he even sounds like uh like Kevin Bacon a little bit. But he has that young Kevin Bacon like footloose era kind of feel, and he's a lot of fun. And then Malcolm in the middle seems like it was the inspiration <laughs> for my right. episode. Uh, and I love the Halloween day. I loved everything he did. It was my favorite episode so far. Yeah. But what – But the, so – I do wonder, is this going to be a way to fold – because he talks about – like he recognizes – he recognizes he's not the same – like I get the feeling that Evan Peters may actually be the, the – like it, I don't think – like we were saying, I don't think this is just a joke right. or intended for the people who watch the show. Right. This isn't an Easter egg. I think that – I think this might be a way, the same way that eventually DC – through the Arrowverse, as they call it, introduce the concept of the multiverse. You know, Marvel has its own right. multiverse too. And is this the way, I think it probably is, that that they grandfather in their X-Men characters, will it be through the multiverse?
0: Yeah, and I and and, I think that's yeah. fair because one of the things that we're noticing, particularly with this introduction of, of Pietro, is that um, he seems to be interestingly more conscious and aware of things that are going on
1: um you know yeah he, he knows something's up yeah because he asked her he's like well you know I, I same thing to you and like uh he knows that and he's even said look i don't remember a whole lot i know that i woke up and uh I, I got shot like a chump in the street <laughs> right right <laughs> but 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 in reality that character and they even show that as uh you know like to catch you up to what happened last week, they—they're not trying to pretend like he wasn't ever Aaron Taylor Johnson. They show clips of Aaron Taylor Johnson getting shot and killed. Yes. And the other thing I want to mention that we didn't mention is that we—something else is okay—is Vision just a part of her illusion or her mind? But we know that she took Vision's body, so there's a very likely chance uh, that Vision is Vision. You know that they right. have someone somewhere has found a way to restore him. So I'm interested in that. So it seems like that this element is a way to bring in the concept of the X-Men, right? Look at the way the military is acting, like you were saying. Lots of distrust, uh, greater than it's previously been. You've got this character. uh, They seem like on the cusp of introducing the whole X-Men kind of storyline. And now we have an actual X-Men, at least from the other franchise, who's popped over here. I'm not saying that when Marvel introduces X-Men that they'll necessarily make them all the same characters from the – Show, but I mean, honestly speaking, there's still a lot of latitude, I think, for those characters and the Fox franchise was doing a pretty good job of killing it. Right. The last movie I saw, and not killing it in the positive sense, right. killing it in a we're beating it to death. I only, a, ironically, only a few days before they had the episode that introduced uh, uh, the Evan Peters Quicksilver. I had watched for the first time because I'm Max Dark Phoenix with the kids, and it was terrible. Yeah, the last yeah. X Men movie. But I mean, this does. Does this open the door for Michael Fassbender coming into the MCU? Yeah, it might. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly could. Uh, I mean, heck, even Patrick Stewart, maybe if we're lucky. But right, um, right. But so the last thing I do want to talk about about, about for this is Wanda's vision is concerned. So we know that the X Men, that's one property they got back. There's another property they got back. I think everybody, because of how badly it's been treated over the years, is really excited for, which is the Fantastic Four. Yes. And I bring this up because would you agree, Nathan, that there's been a, there's been a, a, a ridiculous amount of discussion i think i mean ridiculous but you you know there's the the checkoff smoking gun thing which you don't introduce a gun in act one or uh, you know if you're not going to use it by act three yes so there's been a lot of discussion about rambo being a part of the space program yep uh, a lot you know and she's been grounded she can't go back there's been some discussion in this last episode this idea that this anomaly is getting so big and it's starting to spiral out in such a way that they're going to probably have to find another way to diffuse it. It isn't necessarily going to be just, one. you know, now now the military are inside the bubble.
0: Right, right.
1: And uh, so it's becoming almost cosmic. And I'm just wondering, you know, there's been references to uh, space flight and things like that. I wonder if we're not really, you know, maybe we won't get full introduction to the X-Men in the series. I wonder if we couldn't get Reed Richards, though
0: yeah and and to me that would be um that that would be great because i i know a lot of people have had so many issues with the fantastic four i really enjoyed um the two movies that were done back in you know the the early uh mid- the
1: 2005 2000, and 2007 yeah. movies those were the ones yeah. that um yeah that the uh most people know that you know um who was it? Jessica Alba, Jessica and, Alba, um, Ian
0: Gofford, uh,
1: and uh, who else? Um, uh, Chris Evans. Thing. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, I forgot. Chris Evans was in it too. Is uh, yeah, uh, and the, Michael Chiklis. I said to treated terribly. I mean, my my problem is though. I think that the Fantastic Four are actually some of Marvel's best characters. It doesn't maybe look that way when you, but if you ever read the comic books, I think they really are. And the only thing I would say about the movies, I think those two movies are fine. I'm thinking more about the the. Roger Corman massacre thing in the nineties. There was no one even attempted to make a real movie. Yeah, and honestly, the Corman movie I'd rather watch than that really horrible, I thought, awful version they made. Um, one of the few movies I ever walked out of just because I didn't see a reason to stay. Yeah. Um, was the Fantastic Four they made in twenty fifteen? Yeah. Uh, and when I finally caught up with it, I realized I only had about twenty minutes of the movie. Left. Yeah, I mean, I had yeah. a great cast. There was no reason that movie shouldn't have been good, and I thought it was terrible. Yeah, but um, no, I, I would agree, I agree with as well. I would agree with you that the two you're talking about are not. Um, they're, but they remain they're made very much in that frame of mind. We were still a few years off. We were getting the first Batman. Batman Begins came out around the same time. We were mm. just a few years off from getting the Iron Man and all of that, yeah. and they were still in the mindset that comic book movies are for kids. So they're kids movies. Yes. You know, they are kids movies and that might be the worst thing you could say about them. I don't, I think they're fine, but they're kids movies.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I mean, I think that, you know, that, that bringing something in like this would be, um, would be a fantastic idea. Not, no pun intended here. Um, but I, but I think it really would be a, a great idea to to start introducing but doing it right because like you said, that 2015 movie that came out was just – to me, it was just garbage. I mean it, it And I don't even like- –
1: even though I don't love comic book movies, I usually don't think that they- – They're just complete garbage, but I thought
0: that one was. Right. I mean, to me, it just seemed like we're going to take everything we've established within this universe and we're just going to go full DC dark and brooding with it. And not only that, but like, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got Dr. Doom, like, you know, popping heads like zits, you know, as he's walking down the hallways. I mean, it just, it set a horrible, horrible tone for the DC universe, you know, it was shot very Marvel dark. Universe. The Marvel yeah. universe, yeah. Sorry, the Marvel universe.
1: The DC, DC was probably pretty happy that it was so right, bad. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> Guys, we have some, uh, we have some wiggle room here. Let's, uh, let's do it right now. Um, but you know, I really, I really felt like it just, it took the whole tone of. Uh, what they were doing with the franchise with with all these different uh, setups, and it just it did away with it. It was like let 's try something new, it seems to work and it 's like no it, it doesn 't work for this group now on on the reverse side of things we 've got Morbius coming out at some point. that looks like a darker movie, but i 'm excited for that because I think I think it 's appropriate to the story. Fantastic Four is not meant to be dark, <laughs> not on that well, level. Well, and if
1: you are going to go that way, you kind of have to commit to it. My issue wasn't even that it was dark, although they were definitely trying for that. But they had no intention to commit to even that. Yeah. Um, at least in the 2005 and 2007 movies, they committed to that gee whiz, just 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 a little to the left of 60s Batman, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. Like, they were making a kids' comedy. My kids have watched them and enjoyed them. I mean, they weren't, and some of those things were very good. I mean, I think the whole reason one of the whole reasons we have a Chris Evans Captain America is because of Chris Evans Human Torch. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, Johnny Storm. The the job Michael Chiklis as the Thing was a good casting, and it worked out well. But like, they're almost going for like a weird horror tone in in the, in the in that new one, and then they didn't leave enough time. You know. They, they don't become the Fantastic Four until about forty or fifty minutes in. Yes, they had just yeah. they were they were going through all the and they make their the getting of their powers not a joyous thing but a scary thing and I get it like okay if I could if I turned into a rock without any control that would be creepy but you know they, they and then that's about when I was like this movie's going nowhere and it's you know we're an hour and something in and I uh, we had, we had another event going and I'm like I'm I'm ready to bounce now and the 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 person who come with me was like okay we just left. and. Uh, it was a screening I was like okay I won't review the movie I'll, I'll catch another screening of it and then when I went to do so the guy who had even set the screening up told me it was like Nathan you didn't it's like I wouldn't even bother you didn't miss anything there's 20 minutes left after you so yeah. I didn't officially review that movie but I uh and then when I finally caught it it was like it looked ugly it just looked ugly yeah. but I think there's an opportunity here and I think that I think that's what WandaVision is kind of revealing is they're telling a story they're kind of they they are expanding this relationship that Wanda and Vision are having because that was my favorite part of – I did not care much for Age of Ultron, honestly, uh, except for the Wanda – I liked Ultron and I liked the Wanda and Vision interaction. Yeah. And uh, you keep feel you kept feeling that was getting stymied through all the rest of it. So I still don't know this is exactly the Wanda and, and Vision kind of interaction I want, but I'm hopeful that if this does become a regular show – that they'll be able to interact outside of this artifice, you know, that, you know, so I think uh, I'm very happy with it. I do think it's a different thing than the Mandalorian. It's not, um, it's Marvel universe didn't need re-energizing the way Star Wars did. It just needed a little bit of reorganizing. And I think that's the shrewd thing that Disney's been doing with these shows. They've been using them, not just to give you a good show. They've been trying to use them for a purpose, you know, Yeah. A, a kind of um franchise purpose and that seems to be what they're doing here they're aligning some pieces that otherwise they'd have to do through standalone films and honestly there's nothing here that suggests how this is connected to the new dr strange movie except that we know that it is because i think they've said it is right but right. really other than knowing that scarlet witch and others have interacted with dr strange before, but what's the name of the next dr strange movie this is where i go back to the the concept of the these being the characters they are like it's it's dr strange in a multiverse of madness yes. so that's you know that's telling i think so uh man that was that's basically our episode isn't it? i
0: know right yeah yeah we we've got you know, an think, hour in so
1: <laughs> yeah maybe we can mention a couple uh uh yeah i gotta head out here in about 10 minutes but yeah. maybe we can mention a couple quick uh, uh like our recommendations maybe for good uh, valentine's day viewing or movies and yeah. um or even or even shows, and then we can pick this up next time, and we can go into more detail because there's a lot of stuff out. I mean, I've seen a lot of the new um, stuff that's on HBO Max and the TV shows, and yeah. the DC shows are about to start back up. You know, um, we Arrow ended last year, but the Flash is about to start back up, and the new Superman show is about to start back up. Yes,
0: yes, I, I'm uh, I, I'm excited for that one. I'm really excited for that one.
1: I so. am too because I just my kids finally got into the Flash and they watched it all, and I had. I had stopped watching flash around like, I think I talked to you recently around like season five or something. Yeah. Uh, and season four actually. And so then we caught back up and we got into it. But then the thing that's been happening on DC for the past few years is they do these crossover episodes that go through all the shows and anyone, even if you're not a necessarily a fan of these shows is Arrowverse. Uh, the crisis on Infinite Earths was excellent. Uh, it was about five episodes long. Yeah, but and it started in the Flash. But man, it, it gave you exactly the feeling of reading comics, like and, and those comic crossovers they used to do. And they brought in everything. And when I mean everything, I mean here's a DC show uh, on TV on, on on WB, and they're bringing in references to Smallville, not just right. references to actors,
2: the, the actors, level, yeah, they're
1: bringing in Kevin Conroy uh, from the Batman, the Animated, the Animated series, series yeah. as a like psychopathic future Batman. I mean, yeah. The Burt Ward shows up. Yeah. <laughs> as Robin. And um, there's a reference
0: know, to Michael Keaton as, uh, yeah. Robert as, wool who yeah. plays,
1: uh, Knox is yep. sitting on a bench in a park. You know, these worlds all exist out there. There's a point where the, when the Grant Gustin flash meets the, uh, Ezra Miller or, flash yep. from the DC, from the DC cinematic world. And so, uh, if you enjoy that kind of thing, I think you'll really like it if you like those shows. but I was, and, it, and it actually gave, it ended the Arrowverse on, I think, ac- these shows tend to end on like not strong notes. And I think it actually gave that world, which I wasn't a huge, I wasn't a big fan of the Arrow show. I love The Flash. But I think it gave that, that character's arc a nice conclusion, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of a smart thing to conclude it in the midst of one of these giant like you know, universe-altering sort of storylines, right. as opposed to just, ah, here's the here's the last episode where they fought a random guy and retired or died. Right,
0: right. <laughs> Something a little more going on here. So. And
1: I also got to say, I kind of like the John Cryer Lex Luthor a little bit. He's not what I would have expected. He's almost like Elmer Fudd Lex Luthor, right. but he's growing on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you seen it, Nathan?
0: Um, I have seen parts of it. So, like, I, I've seen I think um, different scenes that were pulled from uh, the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, so they did a nice send off for of the, the Tom whole Welling thing.
1: Superman. I thought
0: I did see that whole I did see that whole setup, and I really I I did enjoy that uh, that piece of it. So um yes yeah.
1: and they bring brandon routh Ralph. brandon routh's been in the show but he bring him back as the kingdom comes superman yep as yep. the superman that is technically also uh you remember superman Chris, returns was actually a sequel to the christopher Chris Reeve so superman christopher yes. and yeah it's kind of so as a comic book fan you're kind of like geeking out over some like that but they handle it well they tell a nice story that's pretty good so how about you romantic Date night yeah. good movies, go to for Valentine's Day?
0: Yeah, I mean one of one of the go-to's that we will do is um Pride and Prejudice, but um I call it the real one with Colin Firth and Elizabeth Eel.
1: The real one. Um <laughs> it's not Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh
0: and it's and it's not the Kira Knightley one, which was fine, but like I you know, uh for those who aren't aware, this is like a five and a half hour version of Pride and Prejudice um but it is one that joy and i will sit down and we will watch together we both uh oh it's
1: fan it's fantastic it is yeah i I will say i consider both the real version because i adore the 2005 version i think it was cinematically it's obviously stronger because it was cinematic and the other is a tv show i thought though that knightley was actually someone who i kind of scoffed at originally i thought she was very good in the role i think um uh, there's an actor in there, Matthew McFadden, who doesn't get really. Uh, he, I, I feel like he should have been a bigger star than he has been. Yeah, and he's there with Darcy. He's not the Colin Firth. No, I get, I, I get that. But I think that's also, and Donald Sutherland as her dad is just awesome. So. I think it's an excellent version too to me. they're both great. It's just the question do you have two hours or do you have five hours right
0: right yeah no and i and I think that's fair. I think that's fair i mean i I would edge the uh the Colin Firth one up there uh above this one
1: no i would I would say ultimately that one is the better version yeah uh, or the better it's a better telling
0: of the story. i don't
1: know it's hard because i don't even i don't think i would even say that it's it's maybe the more preferred one if you were the if you're the jane austen uber fan that's the preferred one because it gets all facets and crannies and nooks of the story yeah in there but again but i would say that it is super log
0: i mean you do you know you do have to sit down and you know it is
1: 2005 version has all the things you'd want from a cinematic version which is It's got the chemistry between the characters. It's got beautiful cinematography. It has a a fantastic score. We play the soundtrack all the time in the house. I mean it is dynamite in all of those elements. But I do agree. I think ultimately like which is the – if you can only watch one of them, I don't know. But hey, there's so many versions of Pride and Prejudice out there. I do think these two are the best ones. Yeah. and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is all right if you want a couple hours of silly, silly fun. Have you right. seen that?
0: I have not seen that yet. No, that is the whole like zombie uh, take on things is something that I've you know uh, wanted to go back and watch. Didn't they do like an Abraham Lincoln Zombies or vampires Vampire Hunter? Like don't that? bother
1: with that. That's pretty terrible. Oh, this is, is, is not a great movie, but it's kind of amusing. Um, but yes. Uh, well, I was thinking way back. We were talking. I recently did an episode uh, with some guys that were talking about horror movies, and I remember that you know the movie that beat everybody to the punch was back in the '90s. Remember, there was a movie called My Boyfriend's Back.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like Bob Balaban directed, it, and it was like yeah. it has like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Matthew yeah. McConaughey, and I, I like a whole bunch of different people in it.
0: Yeah, wasn't that based off of a comic though?
1: Not, uh it didn't. I don't know that one particularly. It might have been. If it was, it was an indie comic. I mean, yeah. there was one later they did. They did one a few years ago um, that I think was, but I'm not sure if that one was or not. Um, I'd have to go back. I have just memories of seeing it as a kid. But yeah, that's, I remember <laughs> my boyfriend back being pretty silly. I don't know. Yeah. If, I'm sure you could probably it's probably for free uh, somewhere, right? <laughs> I would think. Yeah. But that's a. I remember it being a fun movie. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not. It was that era of like Encino Man and yes. the yeah. movie version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know, there's yep. kind of goofball, not horror, but kind of horror and sci-fi adjacent movies. Yes, that were were made to kind of cash in on the teen like interest in that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was another one around the same time as Steve Buscemi called Ed and His Dead Mother.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> But, again, if you're looking for zombies and dead mothers, check out Dead Eye, which is a legitimate romantic movie about a, a shy guy and his, his his would-be girlfriend and a domineering mother. It just also involves uh, zombies getting run over with a lawnmower t- strapped to a guy's chest for about 20 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, And it's one of the goriest things you'll ever see, so gauge your date on that one. Right, um, right. And we like to go back to a lot of the classic, you know. There's there's a lot of classic and older films I think that really work well uh, in that vein. But some of the ones we watch with the kids, it's funny too. What considered classic to my kids is like, oh, can we watch the Princess Bride? Right, (laughs) absolutely classic. I'm looking forward. I kind of want to watch the – we really like – there's a great 40s version of Beauty and the Beast actually, uh, a French version. It's in black and white called Bella Labette that's really, really good. If you've seen the Disney version a million times and want something a little different. Something different, gonna. I think we're going to watch Ever After with the kids because they haven't seen that yet. And honestly – to me, that's an underrated movie. I think that's a very good version of the Cinderella story. I think I like I thought Drew Barrymore was cute as a button in that movie. I yep. thought Doug yep. Ray Scott, another guy who never got his due, I feel like. I mean, he must be kicking himself hard for not taking that Wolverine. I know. Role I know back <laughs> in the day. But um, he's good in this movie. Yeah. He's very good. Yes. And he's not the guy that would be a typical romantic. He's a little burlier, you know, a little bit more rugged and and not necessarily in the ways that hollywood wants you know right seems a little bit more like a bricklayer's son than a prince but right um but he's good and 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 then and then the idea that they reconfigure the fairy godmother as uh da vinci
0: yeah no it was it was a very fun movie it was a you know cute clever movie uh that you know worked on a lot of different levels that I think you know I mean I remember when it came out talking to my brother and my brother had said it was and and he was not into like romantic movies at all he said it was one of his favorite movies at the time that that had come out and so
1: oh I know, think it was my in my top 10 that year 98 which I think was one of the best of, of recent memory even though it's a recent it as what like 20 some years now. i know right uh <laughs> but 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 one of my favorite movie years and that was that was definitely in the top 20 movies i think in my opinion uh angelica houston's really good too as yes. the quote-unquote st- wicked stepmother. stepmother and i yes. think what yeah what works there is that she's believably wicked not wicked, wicked. you're not yes. like movie wicked she's believably wicked she's She's more like looking out for her own than she is purposely. Uh, she's a little bit, but but it's bitterness based off of uh, human hurt. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I, as much as I did enjoy the Kenneth Branagh take, I thought the Disney remake of Cinderella was actually very good that they did. But I feel like it oh, is indebted to this one because all of the choices they made in that Cinderella, they did introduce the fantasy back in. But most of those choices were choices that the Ever After Cinderella made. You know. Yeah. Um, that they played with. So I think they're both good, but I, to me, that's a good one. And then you've got, you know, um, there's lots of great classic love stories out there. I think movies that you can, uh, you can see like Top Gun, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, Actually, am thinking of, much. I, What's another, up?
0: another one of our favorite ones that we will, we will go to is uh, return to me with Dave Duchovny and Minnie driver. See that's
1: a fun one too, and I like those kinds of. I like I like making these kinds of suggestions because I feel like they're movies that have sort of fallen by the wayside a little bit. You yeah. Know, I don't think I don't. I think Ever After is a movie people are talking about on a regular basis. Nor is Return to Me, and you know I'm glad you mentioned Return to Me because Mike, I've been watching through the X Files. I've been doing a series on Phantom Galaxy, and I was just reflecting about like kind of the bad movie choices that David becomes yeah. made for the most part in the in the wake of. Of that um, of the X Files, you know, he took that time off and he did a couple movies. And one of them we were watching, I was watching with the kids. And it's not terrible, but it's not great. Was um, uh, Evolution?
0: Oh yes, um,
1: yes. yeah, yeah. Like this should have been so much better than it was. But Return to Me, I completely forgot about. I love um, mini Driver actually, and I yeah. think the thing is now mini Driver when you when you see what mini Driver is in what she's done, she doesn't necessarily pop up in your mind is sort of the the uh you know the kind of cute lead although she was back in the 90s you yes know? and there's a couple of movies she did but this is a good movie i like this one a lot. and it's got one of my favorite character actors robert logia is in it and uh i lo- i like him a lot but he she was in oh what is the movie she was in a circle of friends do you ever, did you ever see circle of friends
0: um, I can't remember because there was a period of time where um, we had Netflix, like their rental service for a while. Yeah. And we just went through a mini driver phase. I can't remember if that was one of the. This was an Irish
1: on. film and okay. it takes place in Dublin in like the 50s. And it was probably one of her like debut movies. Uh, the other guy who was in it, who who's, who's faded into obscurity pretty well was Chris O'Donnell. Oh, OK. Oh. So, so it's Chris O'Donnell, a mini driver. It's a very good uh, – it's, it's more of a teen movie. It's a PG-13. Um, but it's a good – it's a very good movie. And then Gross Point Blank with John Cusack. Yes, Did you ever see that? Yes, the hit that is that goes a back.
0: great movie.
1: Yeah, and, and, that's, and it's got a romantic undercurrent to it. I mean there's other things going on. Like I'm trying to figure out where do I hide a body, a right. dead body <laughs> at a high school reunion. But – um. I definitely think that one is uh is also worth seeing, but yeah, that's a great call um somebody was still we were talking the other day when we were talking about um know, like horror but like kind of like uh, re- the older related movies and someone mentioned a great ghost movie romantic ghost movie uh from back in the day with gene Tierney and um Ray Milan in it called uh the ghost of mrs. Murr. I don't know if you ever saw that movie
0: I didn't
1: that's kind of a fun one if you if you have somebody who's into the older movies that that has the kind of fantasy element that's a lot of fun uh movies like a Philadelphia story are great and um you know th- there's a lot of stuff out there th- uh, uh, that that's good and a trick sometimes trying to find one you can watch with families so sometimes you're not looking for a family oriented yeah. romantic movie and uh so so there's a good amount of stuff out there. Um, but yeah, that's about what I have. Are you, Do you have anything else, Nathan? The,
0: uh, the only thing, uh, you know, other things that I'll mention, um, you know, much ado about nothing, the Kenneth Branagh version, um, is, yes, yes. is a yeah, great really one good. to, to watch. Um, and then, you know, uh, Henry, Henry the fifth, um, I'll, I'll mention there's, there's a lot more battle and action going on, but like at the end of it, you have, um, you know, kind of that, that. Quiet love scene between him and Emma Thompson. Um, uh, I, I haven't seen the new one with Til- Timothy Chalamont, but I'm thinking of the one with Kenneth brana back in um, you know 1986 or 89, whenever it was.
1: Yes, um, and I, I haven't seen that one um, either uh, yet. The the one that you're talking about, the newer one. But yeah, um,
0: but Shakespeare oh, has you, a lot of of great um, you know yeah. fun love story. You know, you have Midsummer's Night's Dream. Um, and, and so there are a lot of great fun, you know, ones, uh, that, that, you know, Shakespeare does. And so I, I would recommend, you know, even some of those to get, you know, get some going way back. You know, you talk about classic, you don't get much more classic than that.
1: (laughs) No, no, that that's very true. And, and then of course the benefit with the Shakespeare is that they keep making them. So you have a lot of different ones to choose from. Yes. Um, And then, of course, you do have – you know, uh, going back to uh, Jane Austen for a minute, you've got a lot of great versions. You also have – let's talk about Emma for a minute because you have Clueless, yes. which is a really fun and, and, and a great kind of uh, movie if yeah. people haven't seen it. I also want to say I just saw not long ago on Max, and I don't know if you've seen it yet, Nathan, or what you guys think of it, but if you have seen it, uh, there is a brand-new version of Emma that um, – actually pg it just came out this year have you seen it uh, or last year came out 2020 and taylor joy played emma and it it had a very kind of candy coated coloring look to it like it was very vibrant have you seen it
0: have not seen it yet that might be one that we uh, we check out this weekend
1: I, would, I, I i think again everyone's got their own like a favorite jen had a particular like bbc version that she
0: with is that really the one with liked. kate beckinsale
1: no no i don't know beckinsale wasn't emma the, the bbc's done like 20 emmas but yeah. this one only thing i really remember is that michael gambin played the father in it. oh okay uh and i can't remember the actress who played emma but it was not kate beckinsale i've seen the kate beckinsale one this em um, this new emma uh bill uh nighy who was of course played uh davy jones is the father mm-hmm. In, in this version. And I liked it a lot. I actually thought it was one of the better versions. I think Jan preferred the BBC one a little bit, but again, you get that issue of time, you know, and, yes. it's two, uh, and it's two hour and maybe a couple minute movie. I'm not expecting the same sort of delving into depth, but I would recommend it. I thought it was excellent. One of the better movies of last year, a couple others too. If you are, um, if you, we talked about the kind of jokingly, like Prime Brothers and Zombies and all that, a really fun movie that came out this year, uh, was called Love and Monsters. Uh, that was probably one of the big surprises for me last year. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Nathan, but it uh, it takes that kind of feel that you'd want from like a Zombie Land, mm-hmm. but it builds in. It's really made for a younger audience not not necessarily really young kids, although the monsters and what happens in in the tone of the film are just gentle enough, not super gentle, but just gentle enough that if you have a if you've got kids that are used to sort of like the the, like a kid who can watch the Lord of the Rings movies could watch Love and Monsters. Yeah, you know. Yeah. and in yeah. fact, this is more tame than the Lord of the Rings, like Peter Jack- Jackson Lord of the Rings movies. And uh, but it deals with a kid who the, the a certain kind of apocalypse has happened. Now the world is overrun by giant monsters, creatures that were re- re- uh, recently benign, have now grown to giant size and are stomping around. So it has a feel of, like the old Harryhausen movies. And you have a kid living in a bunker that remembers the days when, hey, he was about to have his first kiss. And bam, the monster's attack, <laughs> And his love kind of moved across the country. And now he's in a bunker and he can communicate with her. But he's going to have to cross the wasteland with his dog to kind of find her. And uh, along the way, he comes across like a lot of great characters like Michael Rooker who played Yondu and the yeah, Guardians of yeah. the Galaxy. He and this tough little girl, he kind of encounters them. And so it's a lot of fun if you like Zombieland, but you're someone who's like – you want it, you could show it to kids. Zombieland, of course, had a lot of content you can't really show it to kids. Right. Uh, Love and Monsters, I think you'll really, and now it's one that you can rent from like a red box or, or rent for four or five bucks. So a bit ago, it was about 20 bucks. I bought it at that time frame and watched it with kids, and I wasn't disappointed then, but you can get it for a couple dollars or rent it from a red box now. So I would, I think that would be a really good one, particularly if you're trying to have a, you want a kind of romantic theme movie and it's a movie that, you like to also be able to watch as a family love and monsters is a good call
0: nice nice well, that was great, Nathan. I'm so glad we were able to get together and uh, and do this recording. Uh, you know, uh, a lot more about Wandavision. But hey, you know what? I, I think it was worth it. I that think always that, happens to us. I, I mean, know. it wasn't
1: two hours about Wandavision, so there's something to be said. The, the yeah, way.
0: something to be said about that. And then we got you know, uh, we'll definitely I'll have this edited and up and released um, either later tonight or very early tomorrow, so that way it's there
1: for uh, for Thanksgiving. So um. perfect. Thanks. Giving is the most important holiday or on val- February the val-
0: yeah valentine's day uh still early in the yeah. morning <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dude, i say stuff like that all the time my bigger my bigger thing that i always like uh, it's like when you completely blank on somebody's name which i've been doing a lot lately so I, hopefully it's not <laughs> i haven't seen you in so long members. i forgot <laughs> so thankfully it's not family members i'm thinking of more like uh, you know, maybe back in the day people thought I thought of movie characters as family members, but no, right. uh, you know, it's trying to re- come up with I, For whatever reason I blanked on Alfred Molina's name the other day. I was talking about a movie and I just could not bring it to
0: bring the it to four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: And most people think, well, that's uh, fine. i never remember Alfred Molina either, but I always did. So I am <laughs> uh, like you said, I'm the human IMDB. If you, if you if you try to get me to remember a date, I'll do it by what movie came out that weekend. Right. So, right. So uh, <laughs> it's disconcerting nice. with some of that has takes a second to recall yeah it was great fun i, I had a good time
0: awesome awesome well until the next time nathan we just rocked the caspa these go to 11